Welcome to the Watershed Podcast. Watershed is the senior high ministry of Perimeter Church, where it is our desire to serve senior high students and their families by helping them navigate life in the changing world around them. Listen and be encouraged. I just want to thank you so much for this day, God, um, and so much for this opportunity that I can just come and share my story with these people, Lord. I pray that whatever comes out of my mouth, that it would be from you and not from me. And I pray that we would just leave here today with a closer relationship with you and learning something more about you, and that the audience today would just fall even more in love with you. God, I pray that you would help me focus and um, give me the strength to speak your words. Amen. Hi, guys. Well, I don't know if any of y'all know me, but my name is Rachel Renbarger. I am 16 years old, and I'm going into my junior year at Duluth High School. Um, I have a wonderful, loving family. Um, I have a mom and a dad and a younger sister who is 14 years old, and she is going into high school next year. And let me just tell you a little bit, my, little bit about my family. They are wonderful. absolutely love them. They've done so much for me. They've helped me in so many different situations. They can always put a big smile on my face. Um, also, my family, I have two dogs, and one of them is named Henry, and he is my baby. He is my puppy. I got him for my birthday last year. We found him on this, like, little pet finder website and we drove out and got him at a little petco and he has been the sweetest dog ever. He fell asleep in my lap on the car ride home and he is just absolutely precious. I also have another dog who's a little bit older and a little more worn out and her name is Ivory. Um, she's a mix of all sorts of dogs. Well, they're both big dogs and they're big cuddlers. Um, Today, I just kind of want to share with you guys a little bit about my story and who I am and um, what God has done through my life. I have been in a Christian community ever since I can remember. From the time I was born until now, I have been in church. I have done Bible studies. I have gone to private school and worn uniforms and all sorts of good stuff. I have been in a Christian community and have been encouraged with the love of Christ for my entire life. I became a Christian at a very young age, and it wasn't just like I said the prayer and um, just kind of was interested, but I honestly truly believe that I became a Christian at a very young age, and I consider that such a blessing because I want to serve the Lord while I'm on the earth as long as I possibly can. And so that was a huge blessing. Um, I went to the school, to perimeter school, from first to eighth grade. And so I was always in a private community, always a private Bible-believing community. And the thing about perimeter is it ends at eighth grade. And while I was at perimeter, I met lots of wonderful, wonderful friends that I'm still really close with today. And they just... I just became such good friends and had such close relationships with them, and it was such a wonderful time. So as eighth grade was ending and we were all going to go off to high school, we were all going to be dispersed and separated and things were going to change, and um, 
people were going to go different places and experience different things, things we'd never experienced before. And it was just, everyone was just getting separated. So about eighth grade year, I started really praying and asking God where he wanted me to go. I did a lot and lots of research on where, about different high schools, about public high schools, about private high schools, and I talked with lots of different people. My cousins tried to persuade me into going to one high school, and everyone was telling me different things, and I was talking it through with my parents and really praying, and I honestly believe that God called me to go to Duluth High School, which is where I am today. And so the summer before, I was um, really just preparing myself to go and be salt and light in a public high school. I really wanted to go live missionally in a public high school and just show God's love, the love I knew, to other people who didn't. I was excited about seeing all these different walks of life and just seeing so many new people. So the thing about me going to Duluth is there would have been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids there, and I would know probably about a total of five people. And lots of my friends were going to other schools that I could have gone to, but because I felt I was led to go to Duluth, that's where I chose to go. So the first couple weeks started coming up with school, and I was petrified. The first week of school, I probably cried so many times just because I was so nervous. And I was going into classrooms where I didn't know a single person, and I didn't know what to do or what to expect or where to go. Um, And so I was just freaked out. But soon I started meeting some really awesome people. I started making good relationships. God started providing for me. He started giving me opportunities to share the love of Christ, um, different opportunities to pray over people and I think right off the bat, people knew that I was different, which is such a blessing. But where I was at the time, the devil used the fact that I was different in Christ to start bringing lies into my life. I saw that I was different from everyone else. I knew that I didn't quite fit in because I loved Jesus a lot, and I wouldn't do some things that they would do because I was living my life for Christ. And so I began getting very, very lonely. I started feeling really rejected. I felt as if I didn't fit in. I didn't want to go to social gatherings or parties because they just weren't fun and I didn't feel included or anything like that. And so um, the devil just put these lies in my heart that I believed and I just kept on believing them. Sooner or later, it got to a point where I just believed I was unwanted and not worthy. I believed that if I just left the school, no one would even care and no one would want me back. Um, I just honestly thought I was pointless being there. I thought I was in the way of people. I wasn't making good relationships with people like I had hoped. Everything was just kind of slowly falling apart. I started sleeping all the time. I would come home from school, and I would just sleep. I would sleep all afternoon. I would get up, do my homework, eat dinner, and then go back to bed and sleep all night. And I was just tired all the time. And something about me 
is I do ballet and musical theater, so that's something I keep up with during the usual school week. And because I was coming home and sleeping and I was so tired all the time, I just kept missing the things that I would usually love to do. I would miss tons and tons of dance classes just because I'd be at home sleeping. So my parents took me to the doctors and to a bunch of different doctors, and they tested me for lots of different things. Um, they couldn't find anything specifically physically wrong with me. So we just didn't know because I just kept getting tested for different things, but I, we never figured out why I was always so tired. Soon, um, I just started missing school all the time. I would wake up in the morning and I could think of anything in the world that would be better than getting up and going to school. I absolutely dreaded and hated going to school. I hated getting up and going there and walking down the halls and feeling so alone. And I missed so much school. Um, my parents were getting letters from the school asking me why I wasn't there. I talked with the school counselor trying to make up schoolwork and just lots of different issues with because I was just missing so much school. And I would believe all these lies. I thought I was so unsatisfied with where I was. I was unsatisfied with the people that God had placed in my life. I was unsatisfied with who I was. I didn't know what to do. And so I just started crying all the time. I would just come home at night and I would just cry in bed. Sometimes I wouldn't even know why I was crying. I was just crying all the time. And I felt so alone and isolated. And I was asking God, like, I thought I was doing the right thing, God. I thought you sent me here for a purpose. Why am I so alone? Why do I feel so left out? Why am I crying? Why am I sad all the time, God? I know you've given me peace and hope and joy, so why do I feel this way? And I just kept asking, and he just told me to wait. So um, people started asking me questions like, hey, Rachel, you're not looking so good. Are you, are you okay? Is everything going okay? And I just would slap on a big smile on my face and just say everything was perfectly fine. I would tell them how good I was, how God's providing for me, how he's doing great, and um, when in reality I was just breaking down inside. Um, and that, that made my loneliness grow even deeper when I would tell people that I was okay because inside I was so not okay. For me, one of the things was hard was to be okay with not being okay. I didn't know who I was. I just felt so not like myself, and I didn't know what was going on. So all of this was building up, and different things were happening. And finally, it came to about homecoming night. And it was homecoming night, freshman year. Everyone was so excited. We were all going to get dressed up and look pretty and go take pictures and have a fun time at the dance. And I didn't have a date. I was just going to go with a bunch of friends. I went with a huge group of friends. Half of them I didn't even know. So we took pictures, and then we went out to eat. And at the restaurant, I sat, sat at a table with a bunch of people I had never even met before. I was just sitting there 
didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know anyone. And I just felt so lonely and isolated and neglected and unwanted. And on our way, leaving the restaurant, I saw a bunch of perimeter parents who had gone out to eat that night. And seeing them just reminded me of the close relationships that I had at Perimeter and how I was not making those close relationships at Duluth, how I felt so alone at Duluth, and how for so many years they had surrounded me with God's love and his mercy and his grace. And I saw them and I had a panic attack. I just started shaking. I couldn't stop shaking. I was holding back tears with all my might and my friends had to calm me down. They were asking what's wrong and I was just shaking and I couldn't stop. So my friends finally calmed me down and in the car ride there to the dance, I cried. <laughs> I wouldn't ever let nobody see that I was crying, but I was. And when we got to the dance, it must have been 10, 15, 30 minutes we were actually there when I just called up my mom and said, I just gotta come home. I, in that moment, in that dance, I had never felt so low or so alone or so unwanted or neglected or not having a purpose in my entire life. I was asking God at the dance, like, how can I serve the people here? What do you want me to do? And he just didn't answer me. So I went home, I started bawling, and I'm not just like regular crying, like actually wailing. And I cried all the way home, cried once I got home, called up some of my close friends, cried with them, and really, really struggled with this whole situation. So my parents were kind of noticing that something was up. They were noticing that something was not right about Rachel. So they thought it would be best for me to go see a counselor. And for me, that was something so humbling. Guys, I knew the love of Christ. I've known it all my life, and I've experienced his joy and his peace. God's blessed me with a beautiful and wonderful, loving family and friends and a home. So why on earth should I go see a counselor? Why on earth should I need any help? But that was where God led me, and he was teaching me things throughout this time. He was showing me and revealing himself to me in a way that I would have never imagined. So um, even in preparing this talk for you guys, like having to come up here and just telling you guys all that I've struggled with, and that's been so humbling for me. So I started talking with my counselor, and... The more and more we talked, she kind of hinted and told me that I had depression. And that was something so hard for me to accept. Usually in life, like, I consider myself to be a very happy person. I consider myself to have joy, and I always do my best to not complain and to smile all the time and to encourage people. And for me to, something, for me to struggle with something like depression, it kind of blew my mind. I could think of hundreds of thousands of other sins and struggles I could have gone through before I would have ever imagined I would have gone through something like depression. The more and more we talked with my counselor, um, she was telling me that there were two types of depressions. One of them is circumstantial, and that means like you're going on through life, like some hard times are, are happening around you, and 
So that was just affecting your life and therefore you became depressed. And then there's also chemical depression, which means um, as you go throughout life, you have your ups and your downs and your highs and your lows and your in-betweens. And in chemical depression, after you reach a certain low in your life, your brain doesn't produce enough chemical to get yourself back up. And I honestly believe that homecoming night was where I fell. I just fell down into that dark, deep, lonely place. And my brain wasn't producing enough chemical to where I couldn't get back up. I was just living in darkness and loneliness and neglect and isolation. And I didn't know what to think about all of this. When, she, when my counselor said I had chemical depression, that was something mind-boggling to me. It wasn't something that my friends could help. My friends were very supportive for me during this time, but it's nothing that they could have done to ultimately change me. It's nothing my parents could have done to change me, or even my counselor. She could have talked through different things with me, but ultimately, during this time, I just had to put my entire trust in the Lord. One day, I was walking down the school hallways, and this year, they've kind of put up, um, or that year, they put up a bunch of different quotes and inspirational quotes to help you do better in school. And one of them was by Charles R. Swindle. And it says, life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. And I realized that that whole 90% of reacting to the circumstances around me, I couldn't control. Because of the way my brain worked, I couldn't control how I reacted or responded to anything. I couldn't trust my own self or believe my thoughts because they were all lies. I was believing all these lies in my head that I was worthless, unwanted, neglected. I thought if I just got up and left and left Duluth and never talked to anyone again, no one would care. I wanted to just shut the pain out. I wanted to just go to sleep and not even die and go to heaven. I just wanted to go to sleep and just never wake up. And that was such a scary place for me to be. I never thought I would think those things. So being in this place of chemical depression and all that was going on around me, I really had to learn to trust in God and everything. I just had to learn to put my entire trust on him. God says in the Bible that he's going to provide for us. In Matthew 6, 25 through 33, he talks about how even the little things of this earth, the flowers, the grass, the birds, how God provides for even those little things. He says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or sow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. Now for those of you who don't know, Solomon was a Jewish king in the Old Testament and he was prosperous beyond all belief. He had riches galore, and he was one of the most wealthy men of all time. And God says that he wasn't even as dressed as pretty as the flowers of the field. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, 
which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So God clearly states that he's going to provide for you. During this hard time, I thought God wasn't providing friends for me, when in reality he was, and he was providing me with stories and experiences that I could learn from. And another verse, Romans 8.28, also talks about how God provides for us. It says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So not only is he going to provide for us, but he's going to make it for the better of us. God provided me in a way I never would have expected. I, Whenever I go into a new year or a new discipleship group or a new chapter in my life, I always, something I pray for is a closer relationship with him. And because I went through this hard time, God provided for me and answered my prayer. And I did have a closer relationship with him, a closer relationship that I would not have been able to have if I had not gone through that hard time. Guys, he was my best friend. He is my best friend. I didn't have a lab partner, so he was my lab partner. No one sat next to me in math, so he was my math buddy. And we would walk down the halls of the schoolway holding hands. He was just my best friend, and he is my best friend to this day. And I would have never gotten to experience that if I had not gone through these hard times. So he's going to provide for us in ways we don't expect it. But when he does, it'll be for the good of us for the good of those who love him. Um, Something that, a verse that really got me through these hard times was Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Let me just kind of break this verse down for you. At the beginning, it says to trust in the Lord with everything. And that means everything, whether it's a good time or a bad time, whether you're struggling with your relationship with your friends or your sister or your parents or your boyfriend or whatever is going on, just trust in the Lord. Whether it's getting a bad grade on a test or falling and spraining your ankle. Just trust in the Lord and know that he's providing for you and that he's going to make it for the good of those who love him. Just recently, while I was preparing for this talk, um, I do ballet, and we at the end of the year, we had our big end-of-the-year performance, something we had been working on for almost all year. I was finally moved up into the older girls, and I got to be a main part and dance on stage with all my close dance friends, and it was just a wonderful time. And almost about exactly a week later, one of my dance instructors um, passed away in his sleep, and it was unexpected. Nobody would have thought it would have happened. He had so many big plans for next year. And it was really, really hard. We got together with my close dance friends and we just cried and we didn't know what to do. Because of the way the studio that we were dancing at was set up and how he had been so influential in all of it, they and money and all these different reasons, they had to close down the studio. So 
I don't know where I'm going to dance this fall. I don't know what's going to happen. But because I went through those hard times, I just know that God's going to provide for me and that I can trust in him. And even though it's hard losing someone like Mr. Peter, who is my dance instructor, who was such a role model in my life and a a father figure and somebody I had grown up with my entire life, I can just trust in the Lord and he'll give me peace and rest and know that he'll provide for me in whatever happens this upcoming year. The second part of the verse um, talks about your path. For me, um, submit in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. For me, my path has not been easy. It has been very bumpy. There have been hills and rocks and valleys and some hard times to go through. It has not been wide. There are times when I felt so lonely. But God says he will make your path straight. And he will make your path straight towards him, no matter what you're going through. If you're just trusting and following in the Lord and acknowledging him and praising him, he will lead your path straight towards him and he will bring you peace and joy. Um, during the times, something God really showed me was the difference between feeling alone and actually being alone. There were lots and lots of times where I felt completely and utterly alone, but I knew God was with me, and that gave me comfort. When Jesus died on the cross, he was absolutely and positively alone. His disciples ran away and fleed because they were scared. They, um, the very own people that he was saving were spitting and mocking at him. His own father turned his face away, and he, on the cross, took all of our sin and was completely alone so that we didn't have to be. Um, One of the things when I was preparing for this talk and we were trying trying to think of different illustrations as far as um, paths, it made us think of the yellow brick road, which for those of you who don't know, I have grown up on that movie my entire life. That is something me and my grandparents have watched ever since I was little. My middle name is actually Dorothy. I'm not even kidding. So this is just something that has meant a lot to me in my life. And when we look at the Christian life, we want to see ourselves walking on the yellow brick road, holding hands and skipping through a field of poppies on our way to the Emerald City. That's what we hope for. But in reality, God can take you through a haunted forest. He can encounter you with a witch and flying monkeys and dark forests that scare you. But in the end, it leads toward the Emerald City. So while you're through this hard time, or if you've had a hard time, or if you're going to, God is shaping you. God is shaping you into the person he wants you to be. I can honestly say I would not be here standing in front of you being who I am if God had not brought me through that hard time and shown me his love and his mercy and how to just really trust and rely on him. Also, as your walk, just like Dorothy, got to go home and the scarecrow got to have a heart. Or no, that was the tin man. Scarecrow got to have brains. And while you're going through hard times, you may have the privilege to save someone else, like the cowardly lion, and bring him courage. When I was going through this hard time, I was sitting in science one day, 
and I was talking to a girl, and she was telling me some really, really hard stuff that was going on in her life, stuff that I can't imagine going through. And I just asked her, I said, hey, would you mind if I prayed for you about that? And the look on her face was absolutely priceless. It's something I'll never forget. And she just said, Rachel, no one has ever asked that for me before. No one has ever wanted to do that for me before. And so we just started talking. And the more and more we talked, because I had gone through hard times, I was able to relate to her. I was able to show her the love that God had um, promised me. I was able to show how God provided for me in my hard times. And I can honestly say that I believe she's a true believer today. God provides for us in ways that we may never expect. Therefore, we can trust in him in all situations. Um, guys, I don't know what you've been going through this past year. If you've had a really difficult time or if you're about to, I just know that no matter what you go through, God is going to be with you. He is going to provide for you. And it may not be in the way you expect, but you can just trust in him and know that he's got it all planned out. He has a plan for you, and it's going to be something fantastic. In those hard times, I couldn't see the whole picture, but God could, and God knew that I would someday be able to use this story. Um, the summer before... Ninth grade, I, when I was really preparing my heart to go in and live missionally, I was at a Bible study, and I was talking about how I wanted to see God move in Duluth High School. And I said I had all these different prayer requests and things that I wanted to see God do, and my leader in the group challenged me to write them down. And so I did, and I prayed over them. And I just wanted to read you guys um, one of the things I prayed for. And... Um, this was the summer before my freshman year, before any of this happened. Um, I pray that he will give me great experiences there where I can learn more about Jesus through stories that give me wisdom and testimonies that could be shared with others so that they can see God work in this high school and through me. <laughs> and this was before I knew anything was, that was going on. And God totally answered that prayer. He provided for me. I never would have expected I would have go through, gone through depression. And I never would have expected I would have to take medicine to help my thoughts and my brain work right. But God provided for me. God provided me with medicine and counselors and friends and stories that I can share God's love with and relate to people. And that is such a blessing. So I just want to encourage you guys that no matter what you're going through or no matter what you're going to go through, God is going to be with you and he's going to provide for you in ways that you'll never imagine or never expect and he will reveal himself. So just trust. Even in times when he calls us to wait on him and he doesn't give us a direct reply, just trust in him and trust that he knows what he's doing. Um, let me just close in prayer. Hey God, I just want to thank you so much again for this opportunity. Again, if any of these words were not from you, God, I pray that they'd be cast aside and thrown away and forgotten. But if they are from you, God, I pray that you would instill in the hearts of the people here today. God, I pray that we would leave today with a closer relationship with you, Lord, that we would know your love and your mercy and how you provide. God, I thank you for everything you've done in my life and for everything you are going to do and for your love and the cross. I just want to thank you. And um, 
I pray for the people here today that they would also know that love and that you would reveal yourself to them in an incredible way and they could just learn to just trust and rely solely on you because you are the only one that we truly need. You're the only one we can put our hope and our faith and our trust on. No one else can do that and you're faithful and I just thank you for that. Amen. You've been listening to the Watershed Podcast. Perimeter Church is located at 9500 Medlock Bridge Road in Johns Creek, Georgia. Please visit our website at watershedministry.org for more information. Thank you.